Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Benchtown TV. My name is Jim, and I'm here with my co-host, Kyle. And today we are back covering MGM Plus's Beacon 23. We're covering episode four titled God in the Machine. But before we get any further, as always, just a little Benchtown TV housekeeping. If you're listening from our silo or Beacon 23 feed and you're not familiar with our other podcast coverage, then we just want to remind you that we cover so many different shows and would love to have you as a listener for those as well. We recently covered Gen V, Fall of the House of Usher, and Attack on Titan. And besides Beacon 23 right now, we're also covering Jujutsu Kaisen and A Murder at the End of the World. We cover a lot of TV and we want you all to come for the ride. All you have to do is search Bingetown TV on any of your favorite podcast apps or check us out at BingetownTV.com. So like I said, episode four here, God in the Machine. Yeah, we're halfway through of an eight-episode season. Where's the chase and how do I cut to it, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great way to describe it. I didn't even realize that we're halfway through until you just said that. So that's very interesting. Although I, I liked this episode a lot. I thought that... Maybe it's recalibrating my expectations a little bit on the show. I know we've talked somewhat endlessly about we're not really sure the style, the structure of this show, what it's trying to give us over these eight episodes, whether it's like a mini story, whether it's going to be a huge expanded story. And when this episode opened, I was like, oh my God, okay. Are we like not necessarily transitioning to a whole different story, but like, right? Is this, I know we've talked as well about how the source material itself is like five-ish short stories. So I was like, okay, maybe we're just moving on to another short story at this point, which we kind of did, although it was, I would still say, related. I think overall, as an episode of television, I enjoyed this. It is kind of crazy that we're halfway through the series now, though, after that episode. And we honestly learned me i don't want to say nothing about our like original mysteries we just kind of got introduced to new ones right and i think i guess we're still technically like on that climb up and then eventually maybe next episode episode six will be we'll we'll peak the mountain and be sliding down on the other side where we're just like answer 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 so i guess we'll just kind of have to see what happens yeah. When I say where's the chase and how do I cut to it, it's just that I'm a little worried that we're halfway through. And I understand that this gave us a lot of answers, quote unquote, to certain historical things when it comes to what we want answered. It, it definitely brought up more questions, but we did get some more background information. It just seems like every single episode is just giving us a new plot device to give us more background information, which isn't a bad thing. It's just that We've talked about it in the last couple episodes. You have our two main characters here. You take an episode four here of an eight episode season and just don't even talk about them. And I understand that, you know, you can do that and have it as a way to explain some more background information, some world building, things like that. But it just seems like I don't know how to say it, like kind of like what you said in a way where it's like, yes, they're giving us answers, but they're also just giving us too many more questions where I'm a little worried. But We still have a second half of the season, and if they decide that they are going to keep the rise going on the roller coaster until five or six, and then boom, give us the climax, give us some big answers, that's okay. So I'm not, I'm not like down on it or anything, but I, and I did enjoy the episode. It was a good episode. I had some fun with it. I thought that the back and forth was really good. I don't know. Let's actually, let's just get into it. Let's just start doing it. So this episode opens, it's 180 years earlier. We have an ISA repairman show up, 
guy's got some issues. Yeah. We find out he's not an ISA repair man, but I honestly thought because the way it was shot and they're going to giving us like really intense close ups, I thought this was Stanley Tucci. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Stanley Tucci in Beacon 23? <laughs> Clearly, it was not Stanley Tucci, but that's what I thought from the start. I was like, God damn, a little star power. I'll take it. Add add that to the list with Cersei Lannister, man. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. But um, yeah, I mean, we have this quote-unquote ISA repairman talking to Hope, his AI. It just seems obvious that there's a lot of issues going on, social anxiety issues. You know, when you have AI that can easily become an issue. And it's it's ironic that he's talking to our beacon keeper, Sophia, about you can't be alone all the time. And she's basically saying, yeah, you're, you are alone too, bro. You're talking mm-hmm. to an AI, just like I'm talking to an AI. You're no different than me. This gives us a lot of background information about Bart. Bart interested us from the very start, seeming like iRobot style. He has his own thoughts. He has his own will. He does whatever the hell he wants. This one really was jar. <clears throat> Ooh, this one was very jarring how he decided to do whatever the hell he wanted. The mom thing was a weird. little crazy. The weird. dad thing was a little crazy, too. Also weird. But it's like it it's not like that's probably not in the future here. Yeah, that's when, a good point. for like us in real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels weird. I would say observing it. But in all, you know, I guess being kind to her as someone that's alone for a long time. And I guess him as well. Not you know, out of the realm of possibility that I would also maybe begin to engage in such behaviors to deal with the loneliness. You know what I mean? There's plenty of people now that, you know, they talk about how the internet has caused people to become keyboard warriors or they only stay at home and they only use the internet. And that can easily be a future where you're still isolating yourself by choice and Mm -hmm. communicating with AI and things like that. So very interesting. Very, very interesting. I like that this like initial interaction between the two of them when he i guess boards the beacon is somewhat feels somewhat similar to our initial halen and and aster interaction obviously the the roles are a little bit flipped kind of but i i just thought it was it was very interesting and and honestly when i saw 180 years later i feel like that was good for me as like a like a recalibration of my expectations kind of what i said at the beginning because we know or at least I was thinking like, okay, you know, these characters really, obviously they won't last very long. Right. We know that this is like in the past. So I think that was easier for me to enjoy the episode where maybe we're only getting them for an episode compared to like Cooley in episode three, the Wreckers, where like the possibility was still there that they would be like sure, actual sure. reoccurring impactful characters. While 180 years earlier was just like, okay, we're just doing a little flashback here. Like I'm okay with literally everything that happens yeah yeah type of deal it's similar but different when it comes to our villain or character of the week like you Mm -hmm. said it it does let us know right away that okay these are going to be characters that we don't have to like get attached to or anything hopefully they teach us something like the other characters have but like you said we're not worrying that all right, they're going to kill them off at the end of the episode after we start to care about them and oh my gosh we're going to start all over now we still are almost starting all over but it's a little bit different. And we could talk about Olive once we get to that. He seems like he's going to be something that pops back up at a later date for us. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So we find out that Olive, Milan Olive, we'll say it like that because of obviously the distinction at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Milan is the CIO of QTA. So that brings back in, what are they called again? The uh, 
What are they I'm sorry. The, uh... I'm, I'm still. I'm laughing at CIO. Was it not CEO? I thought they said CIO. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I, so, so, so <laughs> I know what CEO is and yeah, yeah. I thought it was CEO as well, but I swore that our subtitle said CIO. And again, we always like to say this to our listeners. We're using screeners. And when you get screeners, they are not completed. And we've had plenty of times where there's typos in the screeners for the subtitles. So maybe that was just me. But I was thinking like central like intelligence officer or like, you know, something. Innovation officer. Yeah. I mean, based on obviously what we know he does, CEO, it's fine. I I mean, whatever. I'm sure there's going to be people messaging us saying, are you freaking idiots? Like, (laughs) I know that CEO is what the the head should be, but I thought it said CIO on the subtitles. But what are they called again? The, the, um, what's their, what's their mysterious name for QTA? The company. The company. There you go. So we got the head of the company here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if it's going to turn out that Olive is still the head of the company. Pretty easy to be mysterious and underlying if you're an AI that can pretty much disappear and show up whenever the hell you want. Yeah, I like that. Pretty easy to override a beacon that you created yourself. Mm, So we'll see. When we're we're bringing up Olive... Milan Olive, when we're bringing up Milan, he's talking to his AI and, you know, she's saying, do your breathing exercises and all this kind of stuff. And he calls her Hope, so we know that her name is Hope. Are we supposed to assume, based on some conversations here, that he is, or she is, or it is, an AI version of his daughter? Or is he just, like, replacing his daughter with this AI? I took it as the second one. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that's Which the is fine. I, I mean, either yeah. way, it's it's a similar thing. They do, this, they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this this person created the beacons, which was very very interesting. Yeah, that was. A and crazy it's cool how he's walking around these beacons, and he's basically like, "This is my art, and you're defiling it with your curtains and your bullshit here." Yeah, I was I was against that because I thought the beacon looked really cool and homey. I thought so too. I mean, why wouldn't you make it homey yeah. if yeah, it's your I home? Think. And I mean, that's basically her argument. Mm-hmm. She's like, "I'm here by myself," and even Hope says like exemplary record she hasn't done anything wrong there's no problems always yeah. reporting in no issues with the dark matter and and accidentally blowing some ships up mm-hmm. let her do what she wants but he's got a, he's got a problem with it because he created it and he doesn't want it to be defiled now something i was a bit confused about is that i i can't tell if the beacon keepers work for qta or if they work for isa because she I'm says wondering if, she knows that he's the the CEO CIO of QTA, and she says something about like worrying about a performance review. Yeah, mm-hmm. from QTA, was, which is definitely yeah. weird. Yeah, and I couldn't tell if if that meant that she works for QTA or like she works for ISA and but is secretly working for QTA. I, I just I I couldn't tell her like level of familiarity with him was quite interesting. I couldn't tell if it was just like a them being humans and interacting or they knew each other because of work. I, I just really couldn't tell. Yeah. It seems to me that like, this is my guess. This was in my head canon when I was watching, maybe QTA was similar to ISA, but not like a authority, but they were actually something that was utilized to again, create the beacons, do stuff throughout the universe. They weren't anything that was nefarious. And then once olive was created, and he takes over the QTA. Maybe they become the company because what okay, he's yeah. trying or it's trying to do 
with the artifact is against ISA and maybe they break off, they become more of like a crime syndicate, however you want to say it. Yeah, that makes sense too, because Bart says towards the end of, he says something like, you know, it's only a matter of time before he takes control of the military. And yes. maybe not necessarily he's done that, but it seems like they almost have created their own type of like military unit like with Cooley, like the way that that worked with like the, what does she call it? Like the the company manager or whatever, like there's yep. type of hierarchical roles and there's combat experience maybe needed for some of them. So maybe they almost created like their own security forces. Right, right. Yeah, I could see that. I could see us finding out that Olive in between the 180 years up to present day, quote unquote, he became more nefarious. He's, he's a totally different thing. I mean, Hope says he lost himself and you have to assume that this version of Olive is going to be the, the latest, the lost version of Milan, but times like a million, just with one directive. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Probably like just distilled into pure like drive for like the one goal. Yeah, right. Makes sense. So basically we get this whole thing where, you know, like you said, they're meeting, they're talking. She knows from just looking at him that this is Milan Olive. She's watching the camera. She's wondering why Bart can't recognize her. And then let's pause a little bit. Bart, let's talk about Bart here. The little bastard, this yeah, guy. Okay. This is his introduction to us. Now we know that he was created by Olive. Milan Olive created the AI. He created the beacons. Yeah. They basically said he's one of the most famous people in the world and or in the world, in the universe. Yeah, the biggest he does say universe in the universe. Yeah. There you go. So Bart has been around for a long time. He's definitely iRobot-ish. We have to figure out or we have to maybe think about that maybe it was Sophia that the way she nurtured him turned him into more of a... I can yeah. I have my own free will kind of scenario going on with his thought process. Yeah, that's true because Milan kind of interacts with Hope in a more like direct way and it feels like he even says like they're kind of just machines when she is talking about the whole nurturing aspect of him when she like lets I put him I put him for a nap and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah shit like that. What's also interesting is that Milan is also kind of at the not the whims of hope, but like with like the administration of the medicine feels like she right. literally says, no, she's almost nurturing him. Like she's teaching him to not be so dependent. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was an interesting thing where his inter his interaction with his own personal AI was very like human like and, and not very robotic, but then he's kind of criticizing right. her interaction with her AI as being too human like and not mm -hmm. robotic. Mm -hmm. enough. So I just thought that was an interesting distinction. Yeah. And we find out that, Bart can't recognize Olive, Milan Olive. Sophia asks why, you know, don't you recognize him? And he says, oh, there's, there must be something going on. I don't know why I can't recognize him. So obviously Bart was created by Milan. So mm -hmm. Milan can easily make it so that he can't recognize him. So, you know, you could talk about whatever you would like in this next scene or in this next couple scenes, but basically like they have their conversations back and forth and, he gives her another gift. He, she makes some tea and, and basically he knocks her out because he wants to do what he wants to do. Yeah. The most interesting thing for me that I took away from this is kind of the casualness in which they talk about visiting the beacon. Right. I think That's I was true. Yeah. The assumption. I know we talked about it before of like what type of like time dilation is there? How much time do you lose? 
during travel and things like that. And it seems like this conversation made it very casual. You know, does anyone visit yeah. you? They don't visit often enough, et cetera, et cetera. So that was like the big takeaway that I had from these these few scenes. And then in the like immediate aftermath, I just remember thinking like, she's being way too chill for someone that just got poisoned. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, way too chill. I, I was I almost, like, "Yo, like, you killing this guy or what?" Yeah, I almost strive to reach that level of unbotheredness that this woman has, where she was literally just poisoned, and then she just gets up and it's like, "Okay, let's let chat. me go talk to this guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought that was funny. Let's go talk also, about this. Let's see if the the best line in all four episodes is uttered. I think right before this, or no, it's right after when she goes, "You know, they won't do dick." When Bart is like, should I call yeah. the ISA? I just thought that line was yeah. so funny. It feels like it was very <laughs> like written by somebody in like, yeah, 2022 type of line. Yeah. Like you would never not get dick, that line bro. at any time beyond modern times because that's so true. Like that feels like how I talk to my friends, not how TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty crazy right around here. Now, number one is we, we find out that. Milan is talking to Hope, and it seems that he's just doing normal maintenance to the outside. Bart thinks it looks like normal maintenance. Obviously, again, he is the creator. He can make anything look like anything. But very interesting that Hope tells him, Bart's got to give you access, and he's not giving it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's very loyal to Sophia. And that's obviously where it turns into, okay, I need to go knock this lady out, take the key, and do my thing. So Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was happening at first when, you know, he was trying to wake up, mom, mom, wake up, mom, wake up, and then you see something. I thought it was going to be like printed, whatever we call it, pharmaceuticals again. I'm like, how is he going to get it on her? How is he going to give it to her? And then he prints like a worm. Yeah, that's wild. A cocoon thing that spits out like a little metal bug that goes into her nose. And I'll tell you right now, I hate anything that shows me those kind of things in TV or movies. I knew it was going there, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So he doesn't have his body that he has 180 plus years later. Mm -hmm. He is purely AI. He doesn't show up like harm shows up. And it doesn't seem like Hope can do that right now either. So he prints himself a body, which is crazy, which I'm wondering why. And there's something that has to happen in the future that makes him not really be able to do that, maybe. Unless yeah. he can I don't really know. I guess maybe they made it more like efficient, potentially, than having to have this little alive cocoon print out this metal being. I thought, because we get introduced, I guess, in the conversation before he knocks her out about like the the first keeper and their studies. I thought yeah. this thing was like the result of all that and like the key of why he was there. And I was like, oh my God, it's a living being. And then right, it right. turned out not to And be then that. just being a little bastard Bart. Yeah, yeah. I don't really yeah, know, it, to be it, honest. <laughs> I don't know either. I mean, he obviously has a body, if that's what you want to call it, in the later years when we have our present day, if that's how you want to say it. Maybe, he, maybe that's efficient enough for him, but I feel like if you can print your own body you know, Halen pisses him off and doesn't let him talk with that body, print himself a new one and go up his nose and freaking drill his brain out. And yeah, <laughs> something like that. Jesus. I don't know. But um, yeah, so basically, like you said, this this lady poisoned, brought back to life, seeing seeing she's fuzzy. She's seeing stars. She's like, let me go talk to this guy. I can take yeah. care of this. Like, 
yeah, walks in on him saying, I was thinking you could call me daddy. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck are we doing here, man? And <laughs> I like this actor. Like, I thought he did very well at showing, like, the quirks and the, yeah. the social anxiety and probably the effects of his own isolation and maybe one of those things where it's like being the smartest person in the room at all times and not having an equal. So I really enjoyed this actor. I guess because he assumed that he took her out, incapacitated her, that he doesn't have hope like in the system watching the cameras to see if someone's going to like walk up to him. Yeah. So that was my question at first. But I guess that makes sense. Like if you th- if you think he's or she's knocked out, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. But whatever. So. This is where we find out all of the information about this is okay. This is where I get more questions when they're trying to give us some answers, I think. So yeah. we find out about the first beacon keeper, like you said. We find out there's an artifact. The lost comet seems pretty obvious that that's the rocks. I don't know if necessarily the rocks are the artifact. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the comet obviously broke into pieces, and that's those are the, the rocks. Um, yeah, he, he mentions. But, that they don't know what the artifact really is. He says it's a vessel, right. an engine, an energy source. Right. It's the key to developing his greatest project, which is uniting human consciousness. And that just feels quite nebulous at this point. I, it could literally be anything, but it does seem like it's pointing towards the rocks. Right. And I guess we could talk about all of this at any time now. We're get, even, even though we're not near the end of the episode, this is probably the most important part, all of this talk about the artifact. Mm-hmm. And... Some of the most confusing things for me is she says that in the end of the episode, AI can't see this artifact. Yes. But I'm assuming, I mean, do I need a rewatch here? Isn't Harm able to see the rocks? I want to say yes. That feels like the safe assumption. Because maybe, that, maybe there was something that like we just kind of assumed as we were watching. And there was I no mean, Aster literally says, like, are you seeing what I'm seeing mm-hmm. to Harm? When she's looking at the blue material on the rocks. Yeah. It's just a little confusing. But again, the rocks don't necessarily need to be the artifact. The artifact can be literally anything. It could be an entire planet. It can be the comet that they're talking about. Like you said, Kyle, from when I was making my theory last episode about how I thought you were right and I was wrong, where Halen is having his flashbacks and I was thinking it was an expedition, but... I thought it was being confirmed that it was more of a like just the battle, but really it could be a little bit of both, like you're saying. And there's the blue hue, the blue tint to the memory. Like, were they on this huge comet or planet oh, or whatever? Sure. So we're That's gonna have point, to find yeah. more about Solomon and his deal and what he found 180 years later. But that was a little confusing to me. The rocks. Now, if the rocks aren't the artifact, then that's fine, I guess. But just another question, though. Just another question, another thing that they're throwing in here that apparently AI can't see the artifact, and that's got and it's a it's a good thing to think of if you can make it make sense, because obviously when Olive becomes Olive, basically Ultron here, he is basically the best thing ever. Like he's all powerful at this point almost. So you have to have some kind of wrinkle in what he wants, and that would be like, Oh, I can't see it with my own eyes. I need a human. Yeah, that's a good point. That does that does lend itself, I would say, to some good storytelling. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, you, uniting human consciousness, conquering, conquering death, the whatever, blurring the lines between physical and metaphysical. Yeah, they had a like very it's, big like f- some philosophical conversations throughout this episode, which were interesting. Right. And like I wrote down a lot of quotes, 
it's just like again it's kind of tough because if we just like go to the present time next episode i like it feels like it's lending itself to olive being a character that will come back so like we know like his thought processes his kind of determinations about things that's what it feels like this episode was about that i mean that at the very least is what i'm hoping because i i think the conversations they had were very interesting when he's you know he literally says Mm -hmm. like the artifact is the event horizon like you said between the physical and the metaphysical i'll push everyone forward like we we will all become something more i want us all to be god and that's like obviously like the most insane goal you could probably possibly have and she right. even fires back, like, if you do leave some permanent mark on humanity, like, you won't be allowed to to see it. And he says, I'm working on that, which right. obviously manifests at the end of the episode when he becomes Olive. So he is wants to make this mark and he wants to enjoy it. So it feels like Olive as a character has to come back. And this yeah, episode I think he's just, the just big introduced, bad. Yeah, just introducing us to his kind of, like, philosophy, essentially. Yeah, I, I, I think he's the big bad. I... We'll find it interesting if we get some more conversations eventually where Bart talks about Sophia. That would interest me. I would like to hear eventually him talking to Aster, Halen, Harm, whoever, about his relationship with Sophia, how how her ideals bled into him, and maybe pushing her ideals, which you would think are the right ideals, onto our main characters, our protagonists, and that's where we get you know, protagonist versus antagonist. That's the big storyline of the season where Olive wants the artifacts. I have a theory here. We'll get into that. I have a theory about how he's doing this, like what his plan is with the QTA right now in our main storyline, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But again, Bart just seems like he does whatever the hell he wants, man. And I don't know if, I don't know if this is like, he's like to Olive, is he broken? Is he evolved? Mm. Is he just, you know, like because harm. It's like hope. Dolores killing Ford at the end of season one. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, but uh, I mean, uh, they're all four little words there. Dude. Let's think <laughs> about that. Well, he's Bartholomew, so. But you know, like harm and hope decide to follow the rules. Can they not decide, or are they on like a linear track? Is Bart evolved where he has somehow figured out a way to think for himself? It seems like based on Harm's reactions that maybe she could too, but she's deciding not to. That's deciding point, would be that she's evolved too. But you know, we've talked about this Westworld stuff, and if we're gonna get into any of that kind yeah, of conversation, and but the reason I'm bringing this up is because is because Bart straight up lies to both Sophia. And Milan saying that there's another ship docking in. Milan's freaking out, man. He's having a panic attack. Yeah. Hope is like, chill out, bro. Do your breathing exercises, man. You're going to be all right. Calm down. And, you know, Sophia runs upstairs. She finds out that Bart lied. That seems like it should be a huge deal to everyone involved. Anyone who finds out that an AI can lie, it just has to be something crazy. I mean, I would have thought that Milan would have freaked out more when he found out when she comes down and says it was a ruse. But basically, this is the other big conversation here where Bart says that this guy here is an extinction event. He is the devil. He's evil. We cannot keep him around. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was a great conversation. He says he ran thousands of simulations, all ending in suffering, human, human suffering and death. He's an extinction event. We need to take care of him. Sophia, she seems like that angel. She's got like the pure heart. She doesn't want to kill him. She wants to talk to him. She wants to talk him down. She wants to change his ideals, see if she can help him. 
and Bard here, again, scary as hell, an AI who's deciding for himself that he needs to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back to Westworld here. Yeah, you know, yeah. that was one of their big things, you know, like they can't harm a human. And then once they are able to, that's like, boom, that like blows it open. It is interesting that he's seemingly doing it for Team Human, though. Team Human and Team Sophia, too, I would say, which is yeah, another crazy thing. You know, mom, I love you, mom, I love you. Like something where I was wondering, and it seemed like he said, I love you for the first time at that moment when he said it to her. And she was like, well, if you love me, prove it. Because she seemed a little shocked to hear, I love you. I love you is almost as crazy as lying when it comes to like a machine. AI. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great, I didn't even clock it like that in the, in the moment, but that's a very good point. Yeah, you mean the world to me, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. What a loser. What a nerd. <laughs> what a nerd. Bart misses his mom. <laughs> yeah, get to work. <laughs> little family guy line for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she's trying to talk him out of it. She thinks she's talked him out of it. She goes down, says, yo, this is a ruse. Yeah. Milan doesn't thought, really freak out like I thought he would. I thought they were going to bang in this scene. She wanted a family, man. I was like, dude, is is this about what, what saves the world right here? Like, they're going to bang? She's just going to fucking yeah. get on top and of Bart's going to be their little, their, their, their child, Bart and yeah. Hope, are the children. That's going to be his come to God moment where he's like, God, being a human's great. <laughs> yeah he's like, like i've like never been laid rocks. before yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like well, oh it's so different happen. banging a, this that ai that i <laughs> <laughs> that i created obviously that did not happen it, this was still an interesting conversation though it does seem like oh he very interesting almost turns a corner but not really like he's still very determined in his goal but he kind of says to her like can i offer you some purpose he thinks that you know she's wasting her life on the beacon which she disagrees with she kind of just is existing as a human being and that's good enough for her, which is an interesting mm-hmm. perspective and obviously the direct opposite of, of his view on the world. I mean, right. to him, that's just an absolute waste. She even flips the offer to him, which he kind of somewhat considers and declines. I, I just, I thought it was odd that it ends with him just leaving. Like yeah. that was kind of the I end. Think it's- I literally wrote down like he's just going to walk away from the information. Like he was like knew that Bart was hiding the clips of the first keeper it seemed like that was what he was literally there for and yeah. then he just mm-hmm. kind of is like all right i'm out of here i wasn't this entire like, conversation i just yeah, didn't really it was understand. very interesting everything about it just because one she says to him i'm not going to come with you but it was very interesting that he said you know keep me in check it seems like i went about this the wrong way i'm so sorry i did i admit i went about this the wrong way but i have pure intentions Mm-hmm. another one of those things where like you're the protagonist in your own story those are the most interesting antagonists where mm-hmm. he believes he's doing the right thing and on the outside he can't see that he isn't or what it can lead to yeah. whether he's right or wrong whether the outside's right or wrong i mean that's that's you know how it works but the fact that he says come with me keep me in check she probably could have saved the world if she did say yes to that yeah, and i'm a, a little point. confused there's there's no, there's two things i'm confused about number one well not confused the first thing is interesting just because he, I believe, was wrong about the whole family dynamic with her because he was like, oh, well, you're talking about, you know, I'm a, I'm a bad dad not talking to my daughter. You're a bad mom and your kids don't even want to come see you. And she's like, no, they're living their lives. You know, like, yeah, she was a good mom. She probably raised the children and 
now it's time for them to go live their lives and they just haven't visited. I mean, sometimes that happens. I mean, you know, you don't want to speculate, but whatever, but it's just that whole dynamic was, was pretty interesting. And then, yes, I agree. I thought that they were going to have a little alone time there. I would have gone up to the gravity room to have a little alone (laughs) time, but I mean, (laughs) good call. Um, Good call. Yeah. I mean, come on. She should have been like, yeah, I got something I need to show you. Let's go up to the gravity room. (laughs) But yeah, so maybe she did kind of talk, not talk him out of it. He wasn't talked out of it, but maybe he just thought he needed to leave because his last words were, I don't deserve what you're offering me, like staying here. So maybe he just thought, okay, I need to leave, maybe recalibrate what I'm going to do. I mean, obviously he was going to have to come back and do what he had to do if that's what he believes in. That's why it was confusing. It felt like he's all about the artifact. The the information that he needs about the artifact was in the files on the beacon is kind of the the gist that I got for why he was even there. And then he knows that Bart is hiding the files. And then he's just like, oh, someone's hiding the files. And then just is like, all right, I'm out of here. And the other thing is that she was pretty much offering him whatever he wanted. Yeah. Like, even after the poison, she basically said, like, yo, I'll fix your machine. Yeah, you're going to leave. But, I mean, there's there was times where she's like, just tell me what you want. You could have just asked, is it yeah. about the first speaking keeper? Is it about this? Is about They openly talked about it. It just seemed like she would have just given him, even though she didn't agree with it. I don't know. Maybe not. But Bart, now that we know his intentions, would not have given it, even if she said give it to him. That's a good point, actually. But and he was always going to catch that body too. Whenever he was going to leave, Bart was probably oh. going to lock him in that. Yeah. Room did like you did. did you think he was dying there? Did you or? Yeah. I thought they was just going to open the door. Oh, I guess he's docked. So I, I I was thinking like open the door and he just goes flying out. But I guess that was the point. He was docked, so he was going to walk yeah. into a ship. But so I guess that works. But I thought he was going to die, and then I thought the body bag when she's like watching the body bag, I thought it was going to move. Like he was going to have like conquered death. Obviously, right. something similar happens, but not in that way, not dramatic of a way. Sure, I guess you could say. Yeah. Bart made yeah his mom cry. So yeah, made his Never mom cool. cry, and Never that's cool. the other thing about the AI. The rest of it, you know, he. He has a mind of his own, but he doesn't understand human emotions and he doesn't understand actually thinking for yourself and understanding the consequences of your actions. And I love the conversation that Sophia was having with Milan when she was like, you want to be God, you want to be this, you want to be that. We haven't even figured out how to be humans yet. Yeah, And that's something big here when it comes to Bart, because Bart did not understand at all that killing this guy bothered, like he understood it bothered his mom, but he, he, he thinks he can just say sorry and they can get past it. Like he, yeah, you know, it's a good point. Yeah. So she says, you brought death into the beacon. This was our home. I thought she was killing herself. I thought, like, I mean, the she, same exact thing. I mean, she, she said she threatened to do it mm-hmm. Earlier, when he said, I love you. So I thought that's, I thought he, she was putting the headphones in so she can't hear him and boom. But that's yeah, not what a, happens. And we get introduced yeah. to our probable big bad, which he's going to be interesting. The new, tra- he's a new being. He's transcendent intelligence. Now, my question is, is he not like the OG Harmony? Is this not like what Harmony Okay. Is? So, so, because he can like show himself as like a person. 
or a humanoid form and then disappear yeah. and, and he's that was the vibe I got from it because I, I was thinking like that hope was going to be the OG harmony like hope yeah. harmony those kind of you know evoke somewhat similar emotions and words whatever you want to say they're things and then just the way he's acting here seemed very similar to the way that she acts so like 180 years it's become like ubiquitous almost to like have these transcendent intelligences honestly probably according to his plan yeah but i guess it that begs makes the question sense. of was she ever an actual person or was she just created as a transcendent intelligence like he was obviously human became one but are they right. at a point where we just create them without needing the human side of it and is the that's very interesting him, yeah just to everyone to be like that that's what it seems but yeah yeah i didn't really think of that i mean he he shows up and disappears the same exact way harm does and you would have to think and when i joked about saying ultron that's like such an amateur way of saying he you know he's ultron is like the comparison yeah. is very well, amateur but um to keep going with that amateur comp comparison you would think that similar to how ultron is created he evolves over time so you would have to think that maybe Olive evolves over time to, to continue to be who, whatever the highest form of that is. Mm -hmm. And then he wants, and the conversation to be had here is you don't normally hear the quote unquote antagonist, the person say, I want everybody to be God. Usually it's mm -hmm. like, I'm going to be God, yeah, you know? That's a good so point. you would think that if he stays on that track, then maybe they are all similar, but I would have to guess that he would evolve to stay higher than all of them so he can still be the big boss yeah she and does, she labels him as a narcissist and that feels correct so that yeah would fall in line with that kind of diagnosis of him if he does want to like kind of stay as the top guy and you would have to think that his pure intention that he believes he has no longer exists when this form is created because it mm. just seems like this form is created like you said one track complete the goal and at all almost at all costs i guess yeah. it would be at all costs so that would make him a villain version whether it's you would you whether you believe milan is a villain or not whatever he accidentally created is what bart was scared of and is the villain yeah that's a that's a really good point and that's that's interesting that's compelling that you know we saw a human side of him i guess as a human and then this kind of next form, this transcendent intelligence form of him has lost that humanness that made him potentially redeemable. And now it's just the pure kind of determination and, and wrongheadedness side of him. And yeah, that's that's definitely intimidating. I guess I'm curious if we'll find out if he has found the artifact in these 180 years. And that's why we have harmonies or like in harmony and, and potentially others, or if that's still a search because I could, I mean, that right. could be like the main kind of driving plot line. I think that still has to be the main plot. Yeah. I still think he's looking for the artifact. Now, here's something that I want to talk about. First is after our conversation here, I kind of want to backtrack on my statement about where's the chase and how do I cut to it? I don't, I'm not necessarily saying like I'm wrong when I say that. I still believe like, yeah, we're halfway through and it's slow burning. But after talking about it with you, I, no matter what, I did enjoy this episode, but I think that we got a lot more than I expected out of it, mm -hmm. and I think that it can set up a really strong second half of the season. 
my question to you is, do you think that Hope has, she glows blue. Do you think she's created from the blue stuff from the rocks? Do you think that the rocks aren't the artifact, but they are pieces of it and he did get, because how, how can he create? I thought the whole point was I need the artifact to create these godlike creatures and I did it. I just created myself. That's a great point. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's the rocks. I think the blue is a coincidence in this case. Okay. Okay. Because it seemed, I mean, unless he didn't tell anyone about his discovery and he was just working as a complete lone wolf, because I feel like Astro says this is an element that we don't know about. True. Yeah, that's true. So unless now, he was I mean, all of that knowing him, he could have been a lone wolf. Yeah. I mean, that's how sure. he kind of acted in the first place, unless he has his breakthrough, the beacons, the AI, those are his breakthroughs. And when they're completed, they, you know, yeah. whatever, they're spread out and he becomes famous. But maybe he kept it under wraps and it's still kept under wraps until, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just, I'm just, my question is, how is he creating, how did no, he create Olive? That's a great question. I didn't really think of it. Like, obviously it was a thought of like, oh, he did this. How's it possible? But the the artifact aspect of it is definitely, I don't want to say it feels like a plot hole because we don't know nearly enough to be able to say that. But yeah, I think we're going to need an explanation on that. Yeah. I mean, there's just said, been... like you said, it, 20 minutes earlier was like, I need the artifact to do this. Yeah. And yeah. he did it. So there's definitely something to be said. And it's been done in other stories where, you know, something all powerful exists. And maybe you have, again, the rocks, pieces of it and you can utilize its power to its small scale, and you need the artifact to do all humankind, and that That's is true. his goal. That's true. That's a good point. So maybe he he got some of the rocks, and he was able to utilize them, and he's the only one who knows how, and Aster is in QTA, but she's not being utilized as anything very important to him, mm-hmm. so she doesn't need to be in the know if anybody's in the know. I mean, if you're Olive, who was this AI, I mean, you're, you're connected to everything, you're, you're most likely harm times a gajillion. Yeah. Do you need anybody at all? Unless you just have pawns on a chessboard and, and everyone is just your pieces pretty much. Yeah. That seems like be like what it is or what's happening beyond the fact that he can't see the artifact anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. My theory here that I want to bring up to you, and I, I don't think it's great. I just think I just want to try to put some pieces together here. I'm trying to figure out how this is going to work with Aster and Halen. My wonder is if Halen, you you brought up yourself that they said he's going to take over the military. I've assumed I'm assuming they brought that up for a reason, and it could it just be as easy as hey, 180 years ago he's a big deal, but he's not that big of a deal. And then, like I said, QTA becomes the company, and and it becomes nefarious and underlying, mm-hmm. and and they have this military presence. What if he's utilizing Halen as his eyes? And the the implants are there just so he can control him in a certain way. Like you can hack yeah. the implants as the AI. Yeah, we, we and the, need to he's talk. on that ship to be he's on that ship to be the eyes. So maybe we find out that he starts having blackouts, or or you know we know that the whole the whole thing is still fuzzy to him. And we were saying QTA. My theory was last episode they're hacking him so that he can't remember. Or they're hacking him to change it. Like we're saying he's an angel. Maybe he is an angel, and maybe only the things that he's doing that are bad, the deserting, whatever, 
are controlled by Olive the AI. I would like that. That would be a great way to bring Olive back into the story. Yeah. Or I feel like like it's not going to be as clunky as Olive just pops up with no Yeah, he just shows up like harm, like, yo, what's up, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be a good way. What's up, Jesus? Yeah, to rope him back into the, the current day. Yeah, and maybe even something where the mission that Halen was on, he was under some kind of control by Olive, and then it was actually a moment of clarity where he deserted mm-hmm. when he realized it wasn't the right thing to be doing. I don't know. I we we both agree. I think that ain't that he's an angel still. He's he's the <laughs> yeah. good guy. I want to believe that, so I'm gonna believe that for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That all sounds good to me. Yeah, me too. Otherwise, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> We got yeah. We got some information. A lot more questions are asked, but they put themselves in a position where they can set themselves up for a strong second half of the season. I wasn't expecting yeah. an, an episode without our two main characters, but it was a good episode. Yeah, and hopefully, like you're saying, introduces us to like a big bad, and maybe that's like elementary, like you're saying that like we need this big bad type of character. But I don't know. I think it would do a lot of good for the story. I agree. 180 years passes by he can make himself disappear meaning Milan Olive Olive Mm. can be the leader of the QTA and the company without people even knowing who the hell he is and you know we talk about Silo where we're still trying to figure out in Silo the history of Earth and the Silo and everything like that and the, the thing is that 200 years go by and they're wiping history away, and people don't even know why they're in the silo. Mm-hmm. 180 years go by, Milan Olive could make himself disappear. People could think he died on that beacon. And really, he's still running the show as Olive the AI. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of potential here. And again, they've opened a lot of doors and asked a lot of questions. But eventually, we're going to give us some answers. answers. Yeah, so we'll just see. I'm confident... And here- that will start to get them. It just depends on, I think, maybe how satisfying they're going to be. But that's why. And I'm really, really interested. This is making me more and more interested to read the books because I would love to know if like this stuff even exists yeah, in his books, or if they too. just pulled it out of their ass and he's like, it's "Okay, so it's fine." Yeah. Basically, he wrote about a beacon, and now we have Milan Olive and Sophia. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's all creation. And again, he's promoting it, Hugh obviously is for whatever they're deciding to do. He says he's enjoying the show. He said he's happy with the season. So with his blessing, it's it's fine. I mean, as long as you're not bastardizing something without, without their blessing, I don't care. Do whatever you want. So yeah. my only worry is that this is MGM Plus, and if we get another show that gets canceled before we get answers, man. Yeah, yeah. I guess let's hope not. Yeah, let's just hope not. <laughs> That's uh, pretty much. Yeah, it let's just like hope not. Cross do. those fingers. Yeah, I mean, we're watching, we're promoting it somewhat through the podcast, so that's pretty much what we can do. Yep, that's all we can do. All right, guys, that was a nice, quick, and easy episode covering episode four. We're halfway through now, so we have the second half of the season to come. Hopefully, like I said, we got the roller coaster. We're still on the rise, and we're ready to hit that climax soon enough. We have hopefully Aster and Halen coming back next week. Maybe a big bad with Olive. We'll see. We're going to get some more with Bart. Bart's becoming one of the most interesting characters in this show to me. So I'm very excited to get some more from Bart now that we did get a lot of background information about how 
he was created and how his beginnings were. So otherwise, we'll see you next week, guys. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. We appreciate every single subscriber. Keep on commenting. We love talking to you guys. If you're listening on the podcast, please subscribe at Bingetown TV um, or Bingetown TV on any of your favorite podcast apps. Hit us up, BingetownTV.com. Any of our socials, hit up our Discord. We'll put that in the, in the description. We have some people talking on our Discord right now. We're enjoying that. We love talking to everybody about theories, recommendations, just notes, Easter eggs, anything. So continue to do that, guys. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thank you so much for listening. Go Birds. Go Birds. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.